Well, as the host just mentioned a moment ago, uh, I want you to grab a piece of paper, any paper you have, and on one sheet of the paper, what I want you to do is I want you to write one word or maybe just, short, just a short phrase. You can do it, whether it's kids. Kids, you can do it with us or students, adults, anyone watching. Uh, just take a piece of paper, anyone you have, and first of all, write one thing, one word or one phrase about an area of your life where you are asking this Easter season God to help you change. It could be a habitual sin habit you just keep getting stuck in. It could be, again, your heart just moves towards fear. It could be a broken relationship. It could be healing that you need. Because this Easter, we're looking at how Jesus is our better word. And for me, I wrote down the word tension. And um, tension, it's, it's not yet anxiety, but it's not just the season, but I just feel like I'm living with this low-level tension. I found myself short, um, just short-tempered, easily irritable, various things like that. And so I need Jesus to be my better word. And so for you, while I'm teaching this morning, uh, just dive into, hey, what, what, what's that one thing you're asking God to do this Easter? So I encourage you just to write it on a sheet of paper, just a half sheet of paper and write it, and we'll reference it at the end of, the, our, end of our time together. So this Easter, on this Good Friday, let's continue looking at how Jesus is our better word. In 1989, my sister and I went to the old Coliseum movie theater on Carling Avenue to watch a movie called Dead Poets Society. And in the film, there was this famous scene with Professor Keating, played by the late uh, amazing actor Robin Williams, And he is trying to teach the boys in his class. And so he gathers them and they're looking at photos of generations of boys who've gone to the school previously. And he is whispering to them that if they could speak to the boys now, this is what they say. And as only Robin Williams could do, he whispers as Professor Keating. And he says to them, essentially, carpe diem, seize the day, make your lives extraordinary. And it's this really pivotal and powerful moment in the movie, in in the film. So one of the questions I want to ask you this Good Friday is, well, how do you seize the day? And what does it take to live an extraordinary life? There's a pastor named Gerald Wilson who says something I think is worth considering today. He says, for Jesus, life isn't seize the day. It is first take hold of eternity. You know, how many of us have ever said something to the effect of, ah, if only I had known now what I wish I would have known then. You know, Good Friday shows me and it shows you that when it comes to following Jesus, if you really want to discover life, it is only going to come through looking at death For Jesus, seizing the day or making our lives extraordinary doesn't mean that we get to the end of our lives and then look around and say, well, how did I do? Did I make it? Did I I hope I did well? Did I do enough good? It's not living our lives however we want, frantically and busy and just trying to do all the right things or the good things or be a good person at the end and say, ah, is it enough? Was that enough? Did I do enough? Did I do enough good things? Was I a good enough person? No, 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 for Jesus... That's not what it is about. 
For Jesus, seizing the day or making your life extraordinary is not waiting till the end. Jesus reverses the equation and says, I want you to consider eternity. And then as you consider eternity, then I want you to think back and look back and live your life this way. You know, it means today is the day of salvation. Salvation is not only for eternity, but it includes reckoning and thinking about the rest of our lives beyond this life. Where we stare at eternity and then we ponder, how in light of my eternity then am I going to live my everyday life? In the strongest of terms, there is something that Jesus said that during this season should give us holy pause. He said this, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. So there's something that is eternal about every human being. It's not our physical bodies. It's our soul. It's the essence of who we are. Jesus goes on to say, Rather fear or worship or be in awe of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. It is so sobering to hear these words coming from the lips of love, from the lips of Jesus. You see, eternity, however you want to think about it, is an immeasurably more profound word than earthly or temporary or temporal. Another way that this is articulated is this, is what does it matter If you gain everything, if you profit everything, if you tick every box and you achieve every every dream, what does it matter if you profit and gain everything that is temporary at the expense of that which is most precious, which is your soul, which is eternal, that you and I are eternal? And so we must talk about a widely held and mistakenly believed idea, which is this, that all religions are essentially the same, that whatever ism you want to look at, they're all essentially the same. And this picture can often be perceived this way, that at the bottom of the mountain is humanity, and at the top of the mountain is God. And we have lots of different names. Every different religion has a different name for God, but essentially they're all the same thing, that humanity is at the bottom of the mountain, and God is at the top of the mountain, And that every single ism just has a different way to get up the mountain, but essentially they all point towards the same thing. But what makes this Friday good, what makes the cross, as grotesque as it is, somewhat beautiful, is not its brutality, but its gift. You see, the metaphor of understanding that humanity is at the bottom and we all have to find our way or make our way to the top of the mountain and we all have a slightly different way, but we're really all saying the same things. I'm here to tell you this morning, that is not the story of the gospel. This may be the story of religion, but it's not the life and the story and the message that Jesus embodied and it's not the heart of Good Friday. You see, Good Friday is not how do we get to the top of the mountain. No, no, Good Friday is on a mount called Calvary that Jesus gave his life for love. 
How much does he love you? This Friday shows us that he loves us this much, that you and I are worth every inch and every drop of his precious blood. That's how valuable your soul is to God. On this mountain called Calvary, God showed humanity a radically different story. So religion, yes, I will give you, is often how do we climb up the mountain? But the gospel is that Jesus and Jesus alone as God in the flesh came down to us and paid the price to bring us where we could never get on our own, no matter how good we are, no matter how hard we tried. While all religions may be superficially the same, Jesus is singularly different, distinct, unique, our better word. So to discover life, I must first longingly look at the death of Jesus and ponder why and what significance does it have for me and what significance does it have for you. Again, when we look at the cross, we say, oh, the wonderful cross. We don't say it's wonderful because of its brutality, but because of its love. Because whatever Jesus touches, it has the power to transform it. And if Jesus can touch a symbol of execution and turn it into something gloriously beautiful, what can he do with a touch on our hearts and our lives? You see, because Resurrection Sunday is coming. But before God's going to get back up, he's going to do something in this story that was previously thought of as unthinkable. God is going to lay down his life. And the scripture says that God lays down his life for his friends. And so when we look at the cross, we don't see others. We see our sin that Jesus is dying to redeem. It is our sin that we see acted out in the rejection and mockery and wrath and betrayal and violence against Jesus. It is our sin and is my sin that drives the nails into his hands and feet. It is our sin that Jesus takes upon himself and drags down into the grave with him. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says this, looking to Jesus, looking to who? Yeah, looking to Jesus, our better word, not looking to religion, not looking to self-help, not looking to get better, not looking inside ourselves, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, what an odd word to put here, who was set before him, endured the brutality of the cross, despised its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This Friday is gloriously good, not only because of looking at this cross, but it's because that Jesus died the death that we deserve to give us the life that we could never earn on our own. But it is gloriously and actually even more gloriously good because other things died on that Friday as well. Earning died on that Friday that you and I don't have to earn our approval with God, that he gives us this gift called grace, which is a sheer gift of love to anyone, anywhere, anytime that opens their hearts to it. That striving 
gave way to a better word called surrender, that you don't have to strive and hope that you can make it, that simply through a prayer you can surrender your heart and have assuredness, assuredness of not only your eternity, but of what Jesus wants to do in and through your life today. Rejection died on that day, and we can actually get a better word than rejection, which is receive. Behave was replaced by a better word, which is belonging. No more climbing up the mountain ourselves. No, our good shepherd came and carries us home. And so for Jesus, only when we take hold of eternity do we truly carpe diem, do we truly seize the day. If you want to make your life extraordinary, it rests in a great exchange. Our sin for his glorious salvation. And our better word is as close as the mention of his name. And so for me, today, I want to exchange tension. And I want God to give me a better word which is stillness. Be still and know that I am God. For you, I want you to take a moment and tear up your old word by faith. That word might be fear. Tear it up. Your new word might be trust. Broken relationships might become become forgiven relationships. Bound to free. Broken to whole. And by faith on that other half of the sheet, write your better word. Write what it is that is based in the character and the nature of Jesus, this gift that is available to you. But the final word that I would say is this. For some listening today, my prayer is that you go from lost to found, not from good to better, from lost to found. The gospel is not making good people better. It is making people who are dead in their sins alive or born again in God. And it is the simple act of surrender by faith. And so I would love to pray for you now. Together, let's pray all over, wherever at home you're listening in. Let's pray right now. Together, let's say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me just the way I am. Yet loving me enough not to leave me the way I am. And so in this moment, I exchange my sin for your salvation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that, we would love to follow up with you. You just have to go to connect.lifecenter.org and we would be absolutely thrilled to follow up and to celebrate. All heaven celebrates, but we would love to celebrate with you. You know, whatever you tore up and whatever new word you wrote, here is one thing that I know this Good Friday, and this I leave you with. Jesus is our better word. Why? Because on this Friday, we celebrate how Jesus paid it all.